Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of The Other Guys by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host, John, and today I'm joined by Anders and Douglas from Gothenburg, Sweden. How are you guys doing? Terrific. Yeah, we're doing fine, John. Glad to hear it. We're just having a, a long chat off pod there um, about Sweden and <laughs> Celtic at the moment and the world being mad and crazy at the moment. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. It's, I'm glad you guys are here, and um, yeah, let's just crack on, I guess. Um, so first, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you're from? Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> I hope that's why we're here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any interest in that. Um, so my name is Anders, um, and I'll let Douglas talk about himself. Uh, we live in Gothenburg. Um, Gothenburg, second biggest city in Sweden on the west coast. Uh, just for those that are down under, uh, if you dig a hole somewhere in Australia, as a matter of fact, literally, it's outside of New Zealand, and you dig a hole, I think you end up here somewhere around <laughs> where we live. So it's literally the other side of the world. And if you know a little bit of geography, then uh, you could say that Gothenburg is the centre of gravity between Oslo, Copenhagen and Stockholm, right in the middle we're a city of about a million. Um, since we talk about Celtic as well, I can say that there's a lot of similarities. We also used to have a shipyard here um, that went bust, moved to Korea, I think, uh, which rendered a lot of unemployment. And uh, football has always been a big thing here. Um, IFK Gothenburg, I guess. Uh, some people that know about football have heard about them. 
that won uh, the UEFA Cup twice, and uh, we're probably going to discuss a little bit more about that because neither Douglas or, nor I are very happy about them. Uh, we oh. support the rival team. Uh, but more about that later on, I guess. And uh, more than that, can say that Gothenburg is, uh, as in any country, uh, more of a labour. The second city is always the labour city, whereas uh, mm-hmm. the capital is more the financial centre. So, uh, yeah, in Stockholm, they very often make jokes about us, that we are blue collars, all of us, and <laughs> perhaps we are. We have most of the industries here on the West Coast as well. Uh, you probably heard of Volvo, uh, perhaps uh, SKF, um, bearings, uh, world leading in bearings. And we talked about Astra before as well. Uh, their research center is out right here, south of the city. Uh, yeah, I don't think I missed anything, but we have a lot of industry, so it's partly true as well. So, yeah, that's Gothenburg, and uh, I'm born and raised here, um, more or less. Um, lived here with surroundings. Uh, now I live on an island outside of the city, so it's more of a fisherman village where I live now, but uh, it's not far from uh, from the city centre. And... Um, yeah, else than that, when I haven't lived here, I've lived pretty much half of my life outside as well. Well, maybe not anymore. Uh, I like to say half the life, but I grow older all the time as well. So I've lived in uh, Australia, um, in the UK, US, Canada, France, and Italy. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. So that's about me. Uh, that was very short, I hope. <laughs> long, long. <laughs> hope you cut some parts of that later on. <laughs> All good. What about yourself? Okay. Over and out and over to you. Uh, wow. Thank you, Amish. I think you covered most things right there. <laughs> uh, my name is Douglas, and I, I was born and raised in, in Gothenburg. Um, I've got a Scottish dad and a Swedish mum. So that's basically how I started to support Celtic, uh, but I've lived here all my life and um, I live very close to the airport, uh, Landmetter Airport. Um, so if you f- fly into Gothenburg, that's where you arrive. And I, I live maybe five kilometers away from the airport. Uh, so it's it's uh, more into the country than uh, where Anders lives on, out on the islands. I'm more West End and he's East End. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I live now in the posh, posh area. More <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. not like that here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah we were just talking about um, Bravo and the difference between the West End and the East End of posh air, so yeah. <laughs> that's definitely title. <laughs> so you've, um, you mentioned how you became a sort of fan. Uh, Douglas, um, what about yourself, Andy? How did how did that come about? How did you start being a Celtic fan? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got my dad to thank for this. Actually, um, he he grew up in uh, the Toll Cross area. It's very close to Celtic Park. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I've gone there a few times. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's a a nice place, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> <laughs> so my, my my dad actually played for the Celtic uh, boys club when he was younger wow. and um, being Swedish and all uh, I grew up in the 90s and 
when Henrik Larsson signed for Celtic. That's when I became a dedicated Celtic supporter. Uh, so it was quite quite obvious. Uh, there was no other choice really than to support Celtic when I was younger. So I also played football when um, when I was 15 years old. Um, so football was everything for me. Um, and Henrik Henrik Larsson was my absolutely was my biggest idol. So yeah, I, I couldn't really resist the urge to support the club. Uh, Good to hear. Well, uh, and over to me, I guess. And uh, I, I don't have a Scottish dad, so uh, <laughs> I'm more of a late bloomer. I have a fairly different story. Um, yeah, I like everyone else. I followed Celtic, uh, as Douglas said, '97. Uh, Larson signed for Celtic, and then he started to see broadcast more and more here in Sweden. Of course, everyone was very impressed by what they saw, especially me. I fell in love with the stands, what you saw and everything around the sport. And uh, back in the day, I followed pretty much everything in football. I knew everything, A-sides, B-sides. I could have been on a TV show talking about football, but I, more and more money came in and I simply just lost hope. It was not the same sport as what I fell in love with. And uh, I think for more than 10 years, I didn't watch any football whatsoever. Uh, perhaps I, I saw the World Cup, but that was about it. Uh, so I never really watched the Champions League finals or anything like that. And then I came across a friend of mine uh, from Dublin, Rob, and he introduced me back to Celtic. Uh, and this was, I don't remember, uh, 10 years ago or something like that. And uh, yeah, of course, if you support a club, but uh, you also need a ticket in uh, because you don't really want to go. Even though, especially living in Sweden, you don't go to a city like, especially Glasgow, uh, after you've seen train spotting, you know how <laughs> great tourists are. <laughs> There's a lot of Begby types. No, no, no. But so you, you pretty much need uh, an in, and that's what my friend Rob um, brought me. So he, he very frequently uh, goes over to uh, from Dublin to Glasgow to watch the games, and he brought me. And then I've got to know more and more people. So now uh, now I go there mostly myself. Me and Rob still has a tradition. We go on the European game every December. And um, that has been a very, very nice tradition. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my story. Uh, so I cannot say that I was born into it. Uh, I can honestly say that I haven't supported any other uh, <laughs> club in Scotland, uh, either for that matter. So abroad, I pretty much I support the local team, uh, guys, as Douglas mentioned, uh, and then uh, it's Celtic. So it's those two for me. And um, practically enough, it's green and black is the uh, our team here. In, in Gothenburg, so uh, river runs green, or blood, <laughs> blood <laughs> means runs green at least, green and black. Yeah. So you must so, love it when you must love it when um, Celtic releases their uh, away top or their third kit where it's all black. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think they should go back to that. That, that was a really nice shirt as well. But then also, I mean. The older you get, and I, 
I mean, you could probably do episodes uh, about the money and how it's destroyed in the sport. But uh, so, so for example, late bloomers, I uh, then you tend to look for other things than only the sport. So, so therefore, now the difference for me is that I support the the essence or uh, something else. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to support something I'm proud of, like. Uh, like now, it's very modern with the CSRs things that you only buy from companies that you stand behind and things like that. And it's pretty much exactly the same thing for football as for me. And that's why what happens on the pitch is important, but not as important. Uh, it's everything around it is more important to me. So that's uh, so. Therefore, I know that. A season goes up and down. You win some, you lose some. And, uh, of course, you always have a common goal to win. But when that doesn't happen, you cannot just sit down and cry. Uh, just stand tall and just continue. Hmm. And it's especially in foreign countries, it's always very interesting to to listen to other people you meet here in, in uh, Gothenburg, for example. Uh, you know, what's the reason why you support Celtic? It's always the answers are always different and that's always something I've found very interesting. Some people really love the sport. Some people can connect with the club uh, politically, um, you know, religiously perhaps. Um, so that's why it's very interesting to, to run the supporters club that we've got here in Gothenburg. You always meet different people. Um, and we are very fortunate that a lot of people have been attracted to our supporters club here in Gothenburg there have been people from Brazil from South Korea and and that's it's always as interesting to listen to their stories and we, we even had a guy from Hong Kong yeah, yeah. Him. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I meant Hong Kong yeah not not uh, South Korea well that's brilliant I mean that's, that's to be honest that's really the point of why we sat down and started this series was because we recognized that we do have 10 million fans worldwide, right? And they're from all different countries and, all, like you said, have all different reasons why you start supporting Celtic or you continue supporting Celtic. So we want to hear them. Where, where are these people from? Where are the people's voices from Hong Kong or Sweden, like yourselves? And we've given the guys from India and America and um, Benin. We had a guy um, from Benin, West Africa as well. So it's the whole point of this thing. So I mean, just do you want to talk a little bit about your CSC, how many Celtic fans do you think there are in Gothenburg or Sweden as a whole or in the CSC and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, can, I'll... Can, can I just add something uh, on the previous one there before we leave that? Uh, it's also that you said 10 million fans worldwide, yeah, which should make it probably the biggest, uh, the biggest club in the world if you exclude all the, the companies, story. the enterprises, yeah. the large, uh, the blue chip companies like Man United and or yeah. Chelsea and that kind. And uh, but else than that, so you pretty much have Celtic supporters in every city that you go to uh, worldwide, and that's something that not, uh, I don't think any other club in any other sport can compete with that. That's something unique, and that's because they the club has an identity, and as Douglas said as well. That you supported, yeah, not for the for the beautiful beauty of the game uh, on the pitch, etc. Because let's face it, if you take the team that played in Seville, none of the players today would be able to go in there and play first team. 
none of them has what it takes. I mean, we had a better team then than we have now. Yeah. But it's still Celtic. It's still a club that stands tall since 1888. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, I think, is unique. And uh, if you start to think that you're someone else, because I've heard talks about that, yeah, Celtic should, should now move down south and join the Premier League and all that. Yeah, that's yeah. but then you lose the only thing that makes the club strong. So build more to the identity and what the club stands for. That, I think, is the secret to get out of this. Um, but uh, yeah. not not to, to be something that you, you're not. Because I've seen it in close hand here in Gothenburg. Our team, guys, if I allow me, if you allow me to talk a little bit about them, they're from 1894. It's the oldest club in Gothenburg. And uh, when I grew up, it was 50-50 supporters here in this city. And I would say that makes most noise. Uh, It was a proper labor club uh, from the docks. Uh, And uh, and then the board... um, thought that we were going to win the league and uh, we didn't have the money for it we didn't have the players for it and what it is now then you have 75 players I haven't even heard the name of half of them that you bring in on loan from obscure clubs in some non-league in some country you never heard of and uh, six months loan here and there and 75 players in two years and I mean then no one plays for the Crest no more. There's, uh, they just come there to, to get their paycheck and leave. And that's why I've seen tendencies. Now with Celtic, for example, in the, in the, in the matches against Rangers, for me, that should be the, uh, for any player put on the hoops, that should be a game that you'd never back down from. I mean, every, every, uh, every moment of that game, you should go full on in. And I've seen that, the, the past two, maybe three years, you've seen scared players. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're scared of winning even. And um, yeah, and we can talk more about Rangers if we want later on. But uh, I'm oh, sad no. because I've seen <laughs> this. <laughs> but this tendency that I've seen is very sad because I think the board wants to turn this club into something that it's not. And if they forget the origins, like. Uh, what is it that Jockstein said about the uh, sport without fans or something like that? And he was he was he was proper right already back then because that's what makes this is a club made up of fans, not the players on the pitch. The players play for the fans, not the other way around. Yep, mm. totally agree. Yeah. So he does have that identity. So yeah. Um, Let's let, let's uh, let's move on to um, the CFC staff and, and Celtic fans um, yeah. in Sweden and Gothenburg. It's wider than that, and maybe as well. We were talking about this a little bit um, off pod also about the sporting culture. I mean, we talked about it a lot um, just during the conversation. But you were talking about other team, big teams that aren't Swedish that you know locals might support. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So before two thousand and. 18. I, I thought I was the only Celtic supporter in Gothenburg, which was quite naive of me to think like that. But during 2018, I reached out to a Swedish Facebook group. Uh, we've always had a Swedish Celtic supporters club, um, which been 
national. So I reached out to them um, 2018 and asked if they would like to watch a match together with me. I think this was when we played against uh, Red Bull um, Salzburg, I think, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So I got an answer um, and we met and we thought it would be a good idea to start a Gothenburg Celtic supporters club. So that's what, what we've done. So before then, we've always had a big following here in Sweden, I think. Um, a lot of Scottish and uh, Irish uh, people live here in, in Sweden. So that's when we kicked it off by creating this Facebook page, <laughs> Gothenburg Celtic Supporters Club. And uh, we've tried to grow it ever since. So that's basically when it started to become more structured than you know, people watching individually. So. Mm. We started to, to watch matches together and uh, it turned out that we uh, we could gather up to 75 people during the uh, Old Firm games, uh, which was fantastic. And uh, that's, when, that's when I realized that we've got a beautiful community here in Gothenburg and uh, we're, we're all trying to, to be ambassadors for the club or for the, for the CSC. And uh, we, like I said, we, we've met different nationalities and... Uh, we've got a guy, uh, Leonardo, he's from Brazil, um, and we've become really close friends. Um, so we try to watch as many games as possible, but now during the p- pandemic, it's been really hard to get yeah. people together. But uh, I'm really happy that we've uh, we've met and we've, uh, or I've realized that we've got such a, a nice community even here in Gothenburg. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a partly since the city is a million, uh, roughly the largest city, so there's a diaspora of Irish and uh, and Scottish, uh, a lot of those, and the classic is what, yeah, the Douglas is a result from that uh, <laughs> Scottish uh, Scottish Irish men that uh, met Swedish women uh, mostly. I would say I I haven't met anyone where it's the other way around actually. So <laughs> it's probably from some some place in the Mediterranean, and uh, I I can be sleepless some nights. I don't understand why, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of women that watch too much about uh, Lord of the Rings or something. I fell in love with the Hobbits. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. But they're all they're all fantastic people. Uh, all of them, every every single one of them uh, here, and um, what they do. I mean, Shaw's mentioned Mark, uh, a guy that uh, he plays live music. He sings and plays. Uh, Wow. Um, at the bigger events, not every event, and wow. uh, and there's a lot of people that uh, actually have put in a lot of effort into this. Douglas has been one, and there's uh, another people that should be mentioned. I only come to a serve table. <laughs> I, I I do the drinking. That's <laughs> pretty much what I do. <laughs> yeah, we have to shout. Out. We have to give a shout out to Robert and Sebastian. Yeah. yeah. They have uh, they have contributed to the club uh, a lot, so we have to thank them as well. So, yeah. And also, funny funny enough, what you said before as well about ten million fans, because here in Sweden, to be hundred percent true, and that's not just something that we say because we're here today. I've only met or well met and met is maybe exaggerated. I've seen one Rangers fan 
here in Spain. That that's that's it. Period. And funny enough, he wanted to start pull out the fists. <laughs> that's, that's, he came yeah. to our match event and tried to mock people and uh, provoke people to turn into a fight. But simple as that. Some people just uh, told him where he was at, and then uh, I don't think he will ever return. <laughs> Hopefully not. But Hopefully not. but it's just so sad that you have that you nurture different cultures like that that uh, you have you have people that actually show up only to fight what is that I I, I never really understood why uh, it's, it's dying out but it's um, oh, well it's coming it's coming back in small waves I think especially when I was over there last. I think it was I think when when my, my dad and my uncle were sort of my age I guess um, and watching games was, I think that was true of, of all any team. You were you were there just casuals, you know, you know the better fight or something. I think they said the worst they ever felt like as an endangered for their life was um, a, a way to Motherwell, actually. It was Motherwell casuals up there. Um, I, I think it was a, uh, like twenty, thirty of them. I actually wanted to do them in sort of stuff and but and, and, and that's just not the case anymore at all. I don't think that's I don't think that happens anymore. Um, but you just got you got the odds few idiots that still just probably angry at their lives and stuff and just want to punch somebody just to feel something, I guess. But it's, yeah. it's, it's slowly going away. It's not perfect. But, um, but no, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to defend yourself, but no, what a no, moment no. that just show up our on our match event. Everyone yeah. is in a good mood. Everyone, and I mean, he would be very welcome there. I mean, no one would actually kick him out. It's Sweden, no. after all. So yeah. he 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 could be there. He could be take some, lose some. It could be banter as well. But no, he he necessarily wanted to fight. So yeah, lonely yeah, guy, I'd, probably sad. You know what I mean? What do you say about that? Is probably him. Uh, it's more him yeah. than us. Exactly. <laughs> that way. Exactly. All right. Well. Um, I guess uh, yeah, that's all great stuff. Let's let's move on. I guess we'll we'll skip um, a question on the list because I think I really want to talk about what you guys did recently, which is just fantastic. You guys recently did a big charity fundraiser and a hike with the Kano Foundation, um, yeah, which is just unbelievably amazing and uh, well done. Congrats to both of you for that. That's just it's, just, it's good to hear <laughs> anyone doing a bit of charity work, especially for the Kano Foundation. So do you want to just? Talk a little about a little bit about why you chose to do it. How was the hike? How you planned it? Just anything else you want to add about that? Yeah. First of all, I would like to mention that it wasn't a hike. We we ran. We ran. You <laughs> <We> ran. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Don't Nothing. underestimate our challenge here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I won't, I won't undermine how. Yeah, you ran like a mountain. <laughs> So, but, no, do you know what? That goes to show you where my head was. I thought hiking a mountain—that's pretty good going as it is. But you, you've run it. That's, that's <laughs> mm. No, no. But that's uh, that was a dream come true as well. That uh, I've always wanted to do that, and I think that pretty much everyone here in Sweden has that on their bucket list that they want to mount uh, our highest mountain. And uh, and up there, there's uh, there's a trail that is very beautiful. I think that. Perhaps you saw that on the... No, no. You only saw that... Uh, we posted some more, but 
the ones that we posted on the Glasgow Celtic supporters. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, there was yeah. only two pictures, one yeah. of us uh, up there. Uh, some, yeah. Anyhow, uh, the Connor Foundation. Uh, we managed to raise a million pounds. Uh, wow. no, not really. No, no, no. It was as a matter of fact. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, we learned a lot, but we want to support the Connor Foundation, uh, and that's because I have a friend named John uh, in Glasgow, and him and his missus has mounted um, uh, Mont Blanc in France. That's Europe's highest mountain twice for the Connor Foundation, and uh, he told me how he raised uh, 15,000 quid doing that. So he he helped me to set it up as well, and uh, he was the first donor. And uh, so, yeah, we we like the cause that it goes to, and um, I think we both, uh, Douglas and I, uh, think that poverty is a uh, yeah something is hell, and of mm-hmm. course poverty is relative uh, when you compare it to country to country. But not to have is. Uh, something that none no one deserves so if we can chip in and contribute a little bit to that mm-hmm. we're very proud and happy to do and uh, we now decided to make this into a tradition it was somehow it was the first time we did it so we learned a lot we did a lot of mistakes we didn't market enough so here in sweden not too many people know what it what it is and that's why they didn't really they didn't contribute to the extent that we wanted them to so most of our donors were actually from scotland and not from sweden but uh we decided to make this into a tradition so we hope to be able to do it better next year and uh maybe we can have a shout out here because i pretty much decided for douglas and i i told him just half an hour before we broadcast this uh, recording now what next year's adventure will be and um it's an open invitation. If anyone wants to join, uh, they're welcome to contact either one of us uh, through the CSC. But we're planning to fly to uh, Ireland next summer to to run the uh, Western Way. From uh, I'm sorry for the uh, for the uh, I don't know the names very well. It's in Gaelic, so it's from Outerard to. Cryoc, <laughs> I think that should be uh, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> and it's 100, 180, uh, 180 kilometers, and we plan to run that in maybe four days. Uh, wow. Four to five days. And we, we love running, both Douglas and I. And, uh, yeah. of course, that excludes a lot of people since uh, we know <laughs> that it's a, it's a fair distance. But uh, it's... We hope that it can also help people as a, to motivate them and inspire because uh, it probably takes about eight months maybe to train for something like that in order mm. to to make it enjoyable. Um, and uh, that changes the lifestyle of anyone. So anyone who wants to join us, most welcome. Uh, and uh, mm. we haven't decided the dates, but I think there will be June and uh, June, July. Somewhere there, and it's probably a week all in all. Yeah, but I must mention also that Anders, it was a great initiative from you uh, to to propose uh, a challenge like this. Um, I think you and I, Anders, we met uh, two years ago, and and we realized that we both loved running, and 
one day you you proposed uh, that we would run uh, run in the northern northern parts of Sweden and also climb the highest mountain, which was so exciting. So I, uh, I didn't hesitate to accept the challenge and we completed it. And I think we ran 110 kilometers and on the fourth day we, we, we climbed the mountain. So our legs were like <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> and looked- and to, to carry that flag, that flag was heavier than I expected <laughs> all the way up there. Yeah, I'm so thankful uh, that you had it on your back and not mine. <laughs> yeah, and and also the story is that I I proposed it after a few beer, so I never. It's one of those things you say yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah. expect him to go through with it, but <laughs> <laughs> and then I no, but uh, we think that this is a great initiative, and now uh, we're definitely going to continue supporting Connor, uh, but it will probably once per year and. Uh, it will now, be you, some sort of adventure. Are you still uh, raising money? Is uh, is could listeners potentially still donate to uh, run? Uh, good question. You see, we keep learning these things uh, because uh, we are. It's a Virgin Money. There's the link that we used for this, and um, I haven't actually gone in there and see if it's in. I have to go in and look. Uh, but, uh, I think the link is still active, Anders. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't All think right. a, a deadline for it really. Well, let's. Um, uh, well, I'm sure we'll be able to work something out, um, and we'll yeah. stick something on the socials and see if people can still. Because that would. Hundred and ten promise, you said. Is that how it looked? Four days. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh... All in all, it's 110 kilometers. Uh, it's called, uh, it's a trail. It's actually Kungsleden is what it's called. And it's 430 kilometers all in all. But then they have the signature trail, it's called. And that's, uh, yeah, now it's a history lesson here. But Dog Hammarskjöld was the first secretary of the United Nations, I believe. Right. Uh, first or second but uh, he was Swedish uh, and um, it was him he did that every summer himself so he trailed attracted these 110 kilometers uh, and yeah this was back in the 50s so it's named after him right. lead. so that's part of the big trail but 430 kilometers is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but it's fantastic. And if anyone wants to do it, we highly recommend them to do it. it even though you only want to uh, track. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're Just probably too. Im- yeah, <laughs> but we're too impatient for that. But if anyone wants any advice or travel, re- yeah, recommendations or help to set it up or where to book. Well, we're more than happy to uh, to help out. Yeah, and I, I don't know, John, if your listeners uh, know all so much about Sweden, but it's a very very tall country, and it's very. Uh, seldom... it, it's not though. I mean, have you ever been to Australia? <laughs> oh, oh well, <laughs> it's relative, it's relative, yeah. but... relative for European uh, level, but it's very seldom that that that, that you and I, Anders, we travel up north. And when you actually take the initiative to travel up there, it's so beautiful. I mean, the mountains, uh, 
you know, you, it's on, on the borderline to Norway. And Norway is famous for being a fantastic country, very beautiful scenery. And I was amazed how beautiful it was, Anders. Yeah. It was absolutely No, but it's stunning. Because you, you run and then you take a lot of pictures. And then you run and then you take more pictures. And then you realize that the pictures you took previously were just, yeah, yeah you can just delete them. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you thought was 10 10 out of 10 was actually a three <laughs> and it just continues like that wow. but that's if you like that type of nature uh, as we've talked about before john i very much like the north of the sunshine coast yes. to drive around up there um so yeah that's my old there's many there. many beautiful places in uh, in the world and uh Hopefully, we get to see most of them before they're destroyed. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, and and what we can say about Sweden, if anyone uh, <clears throat> wants to know, everything, there are volunteers. So, you stay in cabins uh, overnight. So, uh, and those are made out of volunteers. So, you just sign up to, uh, yeah, what can you say? It's, it's not a community, is it, Douglas? It's a. Uh, yeah, you become a member of something, and then you're allowed to use their cabins to, oh, yeah. uh, to sleep in. Oh, what's it called in Scotland? There's, um, yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's equivalents in Scotland. And it's very, very good prices. So it's not, it's not commercial. It's the opposite to Disneyland, if you put it that way. It's, uh, no one does anything to make money. Well, it's it's a it's actually an organization run by the members, and the members are Swedish citizens basically, and oh. that's how we keep the organization going. It's called SCF, Svenska Turistföreningen. Um, how would you translate that? The Swedish Tourists Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they've got like mountain cabin uh, cabins, and and uh, you know the members fee they they fund you know, um, the cabins and, and the volunteers. So it's a great organization. And if you ever visit Sweden, Anders and I could always help you uh, to, to book or to guide you uh, in the right place. So. There you go. There's a call out visit Sweden for your next holiday. Yeah. Because I, I know as a fact, because uh, here, this is also something for the listeners, uh, John, is that here in Sweden, it's a it's a dream for most people to go to Australia, for some reason. I don't know why that is, but when I went to uni in uh, in Australia, I found that I was the other way around. There were a lot of people that were curious about Sweden and wanted to go to Sweden. Always away. Always away. Yeah. So, so if anyone ever makes it here, uh, you could probably reach out uh, on Facebook on uh, to to the CSC, and we're more than happy to help out. Yeah, we'll yep. do all the tags and stuff, and then we post this episode. But yes, the, I just I've googled it there. The um, not that I've ever done these, um, but boffies in Scotland sound like very similar. Oh, like they're just yeah. they're just cabins or, or houses, old normally um, uh, old farmers' barns or something like that. Totally free, you just you know, go in there. Normally a fireplace or something like that. Cool. Yes. All right. Well, um, mm. that was brilliant, and and we'll um, we'll try and post some more stuff on one of Zerkander's socials about where they can potentially donate if that's still going, and you know maybe put your contact details in and stuff if they want to visit Sweden and do something similar. 
Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, that, would, that would be yeah. absolutely great, John. Uh, no pressure, no pressure. We're, we're, we don't expect anything. So we're just happy for any any contribution. We're over the moon. Of course. Yeah. It's for a great cause for those kids. And that's, everybody, knows, uh, everybody knows the Kano Foundation. Mm. Yeah, the big one, isn't it? All right. Well, um, let's um, let's move on, and we'll just we'll um, we'll get through these. I feel like this next question, I could probably guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, who is your favourite Celtic player of all time? I wonder who you guys are going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, next question. Fairly obvious, right? Okay. All right. Let's 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 say no. barring Bar Larson. Do we have? If, no. You can say Larson if you want to say Larson, but. Is there anybody else? That's a, no, no, no. Say. I have to say Larson. Larson is uh, he he's uh, as my fact maybe my all-time Swedish player as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of talk here in Sweden, as you may have heard about this other tall guy, Slatan. Uh, yes. But the I difference between the two is that Larson always made his uh, co-players better, whereas Slatan <laughs> has never made anyone else better. So that's why now it's a lot of talk about Slatten in the, our national team. I, for one, don't want him back. I've never really wanted him there because he has scored a lot of goals. Yeah, that's true. But we have never played well as a team when he, he's been there. So it's very individualistic. But Henrik Larsson, he never, ever talked about himself. I remember one, one time, I don't remember the game. I think it was Falkirk or something. And he scored five times in that game. Uh, it was one uh, one of these games, anyhow. And then uh, the Swedish reporter asked him, uh, and not a single time he talked about himself. He talked about the team effort. He talked. It was almost that the the reporter had to provoke him to say, "Yeah, but five goals." And after, <laughs> "Yeah, but the team made a solid solid performance today." And yeah, he wasn't too. Uh, extravagant or uh, outspoken. He's a very boring uh, person, I think, privately, yeah. but he's a God-gifted player, and um, I'm very, very happy that he played his best years for Celtic. Yeah. I think you have to tread very carefully here now, Anders. <laughs> you know, the, the debate Larsson versus Ibrahimovic, that's, it's very controversial here in Sweden, and everyone has their own opinion about Slatan. but you have to remember that he's He's, he possesses great qualities. He's a, individually, he's a great player. Well, but, he's the best ever for us in Virgil, uh, as an individual. Yeah. But has the team played? I mean, there's been a debate here, which has been our best national team. And I, for one, would say 94. And uh, because we had a lot of players at the same time that bloomed at the same time, that's when mm. we came third and lost close game to Brazil in the semi-final in the World Cup. But uh, we didn't have... Would you not have said, though, that Larson might have been considered the the greatest Swede of all time if maybe he didn't commit to Celtic for as long as he did? You know, I think that maybe, like, if he did do what uh, Ibrahimovic did and, you know, moved about Europe, played for these different big leagues, he might have been considered the greatest. Because in reality, maybe Celtic, even in the estimation of other nations it might not have been as big as AC Milan or whatever yeah, the and stuff like that so I, I, I mean me personally I'm, I'm totally biased but I think, I think 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I remain neutral in this debate, but <laughs> of course I love Henrik Larsson. He's he's one of my idols when I grew up. I even when I was younger, when I went to the to masquerade parties, I think my dad he bought me like a Henrik Larsson mask when he done his celebration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always dressed up as Henrik Larsson when I was younger. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I still remain neutral because it, I know it's so infected. This 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 discussion in Sweden is is crazy. <laughs> but but I have to say that it seems as if it was a surprise to most Celtic supporters that he did so well. Yeah. I, I wasn't so surprised because I knew the qualities that he possessed already. I saw him in one of his first games and here in Sweden there was a qualification for the highest league and they played a team here in Gothenburg and I, I don't know how many goals he scored but you could tell that, uh, I mean, some of these players you know when you see them that there's something special, something extra and you could tell already back then and that uh, that he was going to do great things because you saw how he moves, uh, how he always uh, knew where the uh, action is going to be at, etc. You saw that already back then, even though he was a late bloomer. But this, I think it was maybe 2021 when I saw him Ooh. first time. And then he, he left for Feyenoord. And uh, yeah, didn't he did well, but not too bad at it not too great either and then he just simply got a coach that believed in him but he had the qualities all the time so yeah. I, I was not too um, that that he did that well yeah who would have expected that but yeah, uh, I knew that he was a great player absolutely all the time all but, right. but also when you ask if uh, all time best player yeah but it's <laughs> It's not a very, it's a very subjective question, isn't it? And Absolutely. I, and I mean, when I've asked about, uh, a lot of people say Jinky and I like King Billy or uh, yeah. there's a McRory and, and things like that. But how I would never, I've never seen them play. So for me, I mean, how, how can I yeah. judge uh, what they've done? So I, I think it's a personal question that uh, yeah, whoever is best to you. Yeah, of course. It's but I, I, yeah, I must say there are a lot of honourable mentions if 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 we're going to name the best Celtic player. But you and I, Anders, we grew up with Celtic in the nineties and two thousands, and it's an obvious obvious choice. <laughs> but it's also uh, it was not the best Celtic player of all time. It was favourite player, wasn't it? That was yeah. the question. Yeah. So oh, that's, yeah. That actually turns it into something different. And then then I also want to lift up. I, I very, very much liked Bobo when he played. Bobo, Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he, he was a big, big favorite of mine. And him, um, because I know that <laughs> yeah, no one moved Bobo. And uh, I like that type of no-nonsense players. Um, yeah. Just like Juan Melby. Him, yeah. him too. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's controversial to say. <laughs> that's, here in Sweden, very controversial. Uh, he he's from Stockholm, and I from the team that we. Yeah, the rivals. Uh, yeah. Not a rival. I think the whole country of Sweden hates IAK. <laughs> uh, that's uh, 
yeah, I, 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 let's not talk more about them. It's uh, yeah, well, let's not uh, mention Lustig and where he plays. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, Christ, we could have, we could, uh, should have held on to Lustig. Let's be honest. We need a yeah, well, I think he had his golden days, though. He did. Mm. He was a great servant to the club, but honestly, a lot of the time he looked like he looked very shaky in the back. Um, he doesn't have the best ball control, but he's aggressive and he's loyal to the club, and that's what I loved about Lustig. He was very, very loyal to the club. But in in hindsight, all his successes have been great successes, have they? <laughs> no, no. In hindsight, he should have stayed. That that yes. would have been much better, of course. Uh, not at his prime. We let we let him go. We offered him a, a, a nonsense deal at a time where we were arrogant and we thought we could find somebody younger and better, more fitted to the modern game. And, and actually, we just kind of descended from that point. So I think yeah. now we're in a huge transition, we're in a big, we're in a big change. Yeah, and just look at the amount of loans we've brought in just to replace Lustig. Oh Christ! So many. Look, more Bauer, Tolian, Tolian. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and who else? Well, I mean, still kicking about, I guess. There's so yeah. many people that have been. And he, and he was the last uh, right back, right? It didn't turn out very well for for John John Joe Kenny. Oh Kenny, yeah. Oh, Christ, I forgot even forgot he was around. Yeah, <laughs> no, and and also from what I understand, because Lustig has been very quiet about uh, how it developed in the end. But uh, from what I can understand, the offer he got for his services, uh, long-time services, was somewhat of a disgrace or disappointment. Yes. But uh, yeah. he has he has refused to say anything about it, as far as I know. At least he's been very, very uh, yeah, quiet about it, not too outspoken. So. And that shows you his character, right? Yeah. He's a decent human being. But uh, yes. no, no, so... But yeah, so my mind then would be Bobo. No. <laughs> <laughs> if it's favorite uh, best player Larson for sure but, uh... Uh, but uh, Bobo's the favorite alright well um, let's, let's do the next question um, do you have a favorite Celtic moment what's your personal favorite well I can I think I can start with that one Anders um... well, what was the question now maybe I'm, I'm ahead of myself here <laughs> it's your favorite what? Celtic moment ah moment alright yeah yeah, by for, all means. For me, it's quite obvious, actually. Um, I traveled to Glasgow 2019 to watch uh, the Celtic home game against Lazio. Wow. And previous to that, I've never really been to a European home game. And this was an incredible, incredible experience. And we can't forget Julian's last-minute header, you know. Ah, the <laughs> crowd went wild, and I loved it. So that must be the obvious pick for me, actually. I've, I've had a lot of great moments. Um, for example, when the CSE traveled down to Copenhagen to play <coughs> yeah, Copenhagen FC. Yep. Um, but the Lazio moment would probably be my favorite, actually. That's a, that's a great moment. I actually, I was at that game as well. Um, okay. I, I, was, I was working in Dundee at the time, and I got a train straight after work, and I traveled straight oh, I might have even taken a few hours off before I, I travelled straight down, watched the game, turned around, went straight back up. And I happened to think it was back home until four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. At work at you know, seven the next day. Yeah, yeah. Marvel, that was a great game. Great game. 
for me it was a, like a it was a, a full day experience. I started off ten in the morning with the Celtic Park tour, and uh, I met a few Lazio fans who who joined me on the tour, and we spoke a little bit about the match, and and we took the bus back um, along uh, the Gallo Gate, and and had a beer or had a a, a Guinness, and I walked around. I done this neural trail in Glasgow where you go around. Uh, the city to watch the the murals, you know the the wall paintings around yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was just a, a great day, it was a full day experience, and the match just turned out brilliant. So brilliant. that's that's my favorite moment. Brilliant moment. <laughs> and I guess it's come to me then, uh, is it? Yes. Ah, um, and I have to mention a game that I've been to then. I guess that's what qualifies this question. Otherwise, I, I think that uh, everything around the Seville uh, game there, even though it was a loss in the final, but I think that was fantastic moment. But uh, as for me personally, I very much loved the game against the home game against Rennes, the French side, because uh, it was so friendly uh, outside the stadiums as well. It was... a uh, it was almost a big disappointment that they held back the Ren supporters for what was it an hour before they were allowed to leave the stadium, but it was actually absolutely no hostility whatsoever. And I mean, they even let them sing their songs inside of Graces, and I, and after that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I went back to a hotel at five in the morning or something, and I had uh, I, I traded the scarves with them. Uh, so I hung out with a lot of those French uh, there. I, we went to St. Vincent's, Vincent's, isn't it? Vinny's, St. Vinny's. Sure. Listen to yeah. music. And uh, it was a whole night. So it was a full-on experience, all day, all night. And uh, exactly how football should be played. And, yeah. uh, of course, a great win, too. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Two very, very good moments. Sounds like you might have been all kicking around Glasgow at the same time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the same bars. <laughs> What's your favourite moment, John? Oh, see, I, I, I flip-flopped between a few. Um, I think, for me, my favourite moments have been similar. It's been where uh, the years I've spent living in Glasgow with family and stuff. So, I mean, it could easily be, I don't know, the 3-3 draw against City. Uh, it could be the 2-1 win against Leipzig. Um, it could be, do you know what, honestly, it, and this might be a cop-out because it's just, uh, an Australian podcast, but I was I was at the um, Invincible Treble final at Hampton and watching Rogic score that goal in, at that time <laughs> with my family oh, wow. and stuff. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I had my brother and my dad and my uncle my cousin and stuff and we watched that. And I've never cheered so much in my life for that goal. Yeah, that's so that, was, that was a pretty good moment. I think, to be honest, I think for all of us, it tends to be the ones that we watch with people around us, right? Those tend to be the best moments. Like, TV moments are great, but it's, you know, when you, you have family and friends to watch them with, that's, really, that's the yeah. best favourite moments. That's the, that's the good yeah. moment. Absolutely. But, but can you also mention uh, a sad moment as well? I mean, a favourite moment doesn't necessarily need to be, it can also be beautiful, even though it's sad, exactly. but I was there for the uh, King Billy game when he uh, after he passed. Yes. I think it was Kilmarnock. Uh, and it was just so beautiful how everything around the game there. And uh, 
I was really, really sad, but I've never really heard. I mean, I, I songs about King Billy and, uh, and there's only one King Billy. It, it never yeah. stopped. And, uh, and people standing there and people crying. And I, yeah, and then I played that opera too. Was it Nessum? Nessum yeah, Dor- Dorma. Yeah. No, but it was just a very respectful and very beautiful uh, surrounding how they organized that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say that that was my favorite uh, moment, no, but it's a, it's a, it was a, a very moment. beautiful moment. Yes, absolutely. A very, very inter- interpretation of the question, Amish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you cut that out later on. No, no, <laughs> and it's from Sweden's favorite moment, King Billy died. <laughs> <as> I... <laughs> that's the, the title of the episode. Yeah, yeah that, that's the title of the episode. No. <laughs> the yes, idiots uh... from Sweden. <laughs> so, um, so how how do we think next season's going to go? Right? How, how we've got we've, this question changes depending on you know who when when I talk to people and. When we are in the season and stuff. So now we kind of know Postokoglu's got some part of a team. Probably we're definitely not finished with recruitment. And, you know, we've had the disappointment recently with Champions League qualifiers and stuff. And now we're going into, as of when we're recording this, and going into the weekend playing Hearts as the first game of the season. So how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, well, um, my, my answer would probably be different before Wednesday, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If we stay positive, I think the first match against Michelin, I, I thought as I saw good indications of a different style of football, um, and I, I can I can see what Postecoglou wants to wants to do with the team, and I can't help to be excited about the season um, because because of the basically because of the signings we've made, like the wingers, for example. Uh, Furuhashi seems very, very uh, exciting. I don't know what I think about him getting number eight, though. Uh, it could maybe go, have, have gone to Callum McGregor. Uh, yeah. uh, I hope he honors the number and uh, he's, he's a great signing for us. But uh, overall, I'm, I, I'm quite excited for the season ahead, actually. By yourself, Okay, so dead air here. Now, uh, I always think that we're going to win. So I will say we'll win, but it will not be an easy one. And uh, a lot of people probably will probably say this better. Uh, Big Ange, the new coach. Uh, age of Ange. Uh, uh, what? Minge. <laughs> no, Ange. No, no. Anyhow, he seems fantastic and 100% fit for the job. And I think that... Need to give him time though, and uh, as as I heard, and then yeah, dealt a very horrible hand. What I don't understand though is that the signings, um, the Japanese bloke there. I think that he's he's probably well scouted, uh, given that uh, Angie comes from uh, from Japan, my latest. But the other signings, I don't understand. Two questions: Why does it take so long? Because I mean, the season starts soon, and I why did what did I wait for? And why didn't I sign the new coach before mm-hmm. and give him time? Because now these pre-season friendlies, yet yeah, they don't really say much, but they've given an, one answer, and that is that we have holes, especially in the defense, but we're also weak 
we only have a first team. It's a, it's not a big, good squad. Yeah. So there's there's definitely an, a need for players in. And then you see that Edward, yeah, I expect him to leave. Uh, he, he looks like he's already left. I think that Christie, maybe now with a new coach state, but otherwise I, I, I think that he will leave as well. Ayer has left. So what's left then of the uh, the core? Yeah, now we have Cal McGregor, and yeah, he's he's really good, and I really like James Forrest. So I hope that he's going to come back too. I I have high hopes in Turnbull. He uh, he develops all the time, and he's, but what do we have? Who's going to play up front when Eddie leaves? And I mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, and and. As for me, as an amateur, uh, just see this from a distance. I, I mean, anyone could have seen this coming. So I don't understand why it takes so long to react. And money doesn't seem to be the problem. So what is the problem then? Is it a poor scouting organization? Is it a, I don't know. And as I said previously, I'm very often wrong. And I hope I'm wrong in this case as well. Um, but uh I don't understand. It's for me unbelievable how this club has acted um, in the past two, three years. Something I've realized after the Midtjylland loss is that the Celtic supporters are very, very, they agree with each other and it's a consensus among the Celtic supporters where the problems lie. And it's basically all, all up to the board, really, to make the transfers earlier than a week before the Champions League qualifiers. Um, and I just I just hope that the Celtic supporters have got the patience to, to wait a year or two. Like John Hartson said in, um, uh, after the, the loss against Midtjylland, it will probably take two years for, for us to transition to a, a better state. So I think it's all about keep, keeping the faith. I, I know it's hard to hear, but... You know what other option do we have than to to keep our keep our hopes up? Uh, we can't affect the decisions more than we do. We can protest outside Celtic Park, but other than that, it's it's very hard to affect the outcome. So we just have to keep our hopes up. That's that's just what I want to say. But but <laughs> if you see here, I mean, yeah, Klimala, yeah, I don't know how many play how many matches did he play. Three, four, I mean, not a handful. Yeah. And you had, uh, there was an American, uh, Gutman. I don't know if he's even been to Scotland. And uh, I mean, there's been so many and they've gone for bulk quantity instead of quality. And this, I don't understand. I have no understand why, because Celtic is still a popular, for a lot of players, a very popular club to play for. Everyone wants to play at the park. and So it shouldn't be a problem to attract, at least to find some players that play for something else than just a fat paycheck. Or that is good enough, if you understand what I mean, mm-hmm. that uh, they want to come to Scottish League. But then we sign players, as we said before as well, this Swedish one, that neither Douglas nor I have even heard of. And I mean, has it come to that, that we sign players just, yeah, let's hope that they're good. I mean, uh, he's one good season in Ruben Kassan, and I cannot judge how, what level that is at. 
but he's had one good season and that's it. And then they say he's a national player. Yeah, but I, I think that he's done some B-sides, maybe that he has a game here and there. Uh, he's not a regular in our national yeah. team, uh, definitely. Let's let's hope I'm wrong, but I, I just think that that's very symbolic to sign someone that not even the Swedes have heard about. That's uh, It saddens me. So I hope now that the to get out of the get out of Europe and lose to the Danish side. I hope that was a wake-up call for the board, so oh. they now give the right conditions to. Uh, it's probably to the, the coach. The fourth wake-up call, at least. Yeah, uh, Christ, yeah. How many wake-up calls are they going to get? Yeah, exactly. But John, what's the general opinion about Postecoglou? You live in Australia. How? What are people talking about in, in Australia? Are they generally positive, or well, how are they? How are they looking at the season ahead? So I was, I was very much like, I think a lot of Celtic fans have never heard uh, of Postacoglu as like a, as a manager, as a name, as a brand um, at all. Um, uh, but then, you know, uh, as as the events were transpiring, and I'm talking to a lot of my Australian friends and stuff, and they were all like, oh, yeah, do you remember when he was, you know, the coach for Australia? I remember him, he was class. And um, yeah, he, he, that was probably the best Australia's played in the modern era and stuff. And, and Jared, who's... Um, who's born in Australia here, he's one of the hosts of the, the, the podcast, and um, he did talk, could not talk about more, could not talk about more um, about his style of play. Um, I, I, I believe that um, Postecoglou used to manage Melbourne Victory or the team before Melbourne City, when it was Melbourne City, which Jared lives in Melbourne. And so he knows Postecoglou's style of play very, very well. And yeah, he, and then we have um, Liam, who lives in Japan, um, and obviously with Postcoglu um, managing Yokohama, um, he knows, you know, in the J League and stuff, uh, Liam also agrees that the guy's got a really good reputation. And I think it's just one of those cases where we think he's up and coming because he's not been playing in the European sphere. When actually, he's not up and coming. He's a very well-established um, mm. Asia and Oceania mm. manager, sort of thing. Um, so over here, he's well regarded. Um, All right. Just needs, to, just needs to translate that experience into the European um, way of playing football and stuff. And I personally think, give him the right players, the guy's going to be phenomenal. There's a couple of things that he says, which is just 100% modern era football. Sort of like his inverted fullbacks, um, letting letting his attacking players in the final third have complete freedom and movement and playing on instinct. That's, that's all um, Guardiola type stuff when he was at Barca. So, yeah, I, 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 I agree. We just need the right type of players. We need we need that, um, that line drawn in the sand between the board and the football part of it. So we need the yeah. director of football and we need the CEO and the CFO of the board just to tell them exactly how much their budget is for that season. And then say we have nothing more to do with it. You direct the board, you head coach, your manager. You guys decide. You scout the department. You guys all decide about player acquisition. Yeah, and and let's be honest, the the loss against Midtjylland doesn't have anything to do with Postecoglou. Really, he he was dealt an awful, awful, awful hand after Neil Lennon. Yep. So I just think we we need to have the patience among the Celtic support and and keep, uh, hope that he, he can turn this around with the new signings. And I can see a lot of positives with the season uh, up ahead. But 
I mean, it's a big transition, and uh, that requires patience, I think. I agree. Patience but and, and understand that we're in that big transition. It will be, it will be three, four transfer windows, two years before we yeah. get it right. Yeah. At least what he says. Uh, I mean, let's uh, let's hope we all hope yeah. that he he will do great things. But so far, from what he's said, at least sounds very promising. Uh, I mean, I like everything that I've heard him say so far. So he seems to be the man for the job, and let's hope he is. But uh, back to this season, I think that Aberdeen looks strong. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that uh, they have a very uh, the Rangers also have a very well knit team. They've uh, pretty much haven't changed the team for the past two years, so they have a lot of old players and uh, they know each other very well. So they probably win a lot of games uh, too. So uh, yeah, mostly it's, penalties. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course, of <laughs> course, uh, <laughs> the judges, but. You don't win a season only on luck. Um, it, it, uh, everyone that's played the game knows that you also earn your luck. Um, uh, of course, you can have the judge, uh, the refs on your side, but uh, I think eventually that uh, that that we didn't get the ten in a row was our own fault. Uh, yes, simple as totally. that. Uh, so you cannot really blame any other one on that but one. No matter no matter if we won the ten in a row or not. We all, I think we all had the understanding that this was going to be a tr transitional season anyhow. So it's a, a new era and uh, let's just look forward to it. And also, the, uh, we, we should also mention, he looks very promising, the Israeli guy. Uh, he, he yeah, yeah, he looks promising uh, from what I've seen so far. Um, yeah, and also... A very unlucky player, Bitten, is uh, that, uh, I mean, the first the home game in Midtjylland, that was just plain out idiotic. And uh, yeah. and he, he was also the one, when when Sel last season, when we had the chance in the match against Rangers and he defended on the wrong side and, uh, and got the red card. Before that, we could have turned the whole season around. So, uh, yeah, Bitten is not very... One of my big favorite players. No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's many favorite. Right now. <laughs> no. Well, that's a good transition into one of our final questions. Um, so we. This is kind of a new thing. So I've not, not tried this um, before on the other guys yet. So we, between the three of us, are going to try and make our best Celtic eleven. So what we'll do is, well, what I've done just to make it as rigid as possible, when we sort of like we don't have to muck about formations. Old school, 442. <laughs> we'll just go to basic old school. Um, keep it simple. Keep it simple, exactly. And so I'll, I'll start just to uh, kick it off and then we'll just go around. Maybe like you guys want to like agree on each other position in the field. Um, yeah, so I'll do every third one, right? Just to make it so the first one, we'll go goalkeeper. I'm going to go my favourite goalkeeper of all time, which is Arthur Boric, the holy goalie, has to be my goalkeeper. I just think <laughs> he's, he's yeah he's probably my favorite goalkeeper. <coughs> well, there we go. So we've got we've got Boric and goal. Um, we'll go right back first. Who who would you guys go as your best right back or favorite right back? Whatever you want to do. Well, I've got a nominee for that position, and 
it's quite obvious for me, but it has to be McNamara, isn't it? I mean, you can't play in Celtic for 10 years. And, you know, during during those 10 years, I think we had four or five managers uh, and he was picked every single time. So he's just loyal, he's passionate, fully committed every single game. And I can't think of anyone else that would take his position. Um, and uh, also love his song. So, yeah, that's my nominee for the right back. There we go. All right, so we've got centre-back next. Yeah, and um, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, should I then put in Bobo? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely put Bobo in if you want. I, the truth is, I, I'm not... It's so hard to compare players of all times. I mean, uh, there's there's been some fantastic players from what I hear in the, in the 20s and... How can you actually do this in a yeah in a in a better way? I mean, you have Van Dyke, uh, maybe not. I mean, he he's now developed into a world class player. So you also have McNeil. So of course, I'll, I would say McNeil on that one. Uh, oh. But I've never seen him. But uh, I mean, just for the name and what everyone says. I think that is perfectly. Uh, acceptable to put McNeil in, but yeah. one of the best uh, centre backs. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, do you know? See, I thought you might have gone with the obvious and said Van Dyke. So I'll I'll change from what I was going to say, which was Benkovic, and say that Benkovic would be a really good pairing with Van Dyke. But I think I think McNeil and Van Dyke would be an amazing pairing, to be honest. So there you go. So we've got um, that's our two centre backs. God, that's that's deadly. Isn't it? Um, so yeah. we've got left back position is our next final one. So who are we, who are we going for left back? Oh, um, well, I would probably go with Kieran Tierney, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's no one else really. He, he came through the ranks. He was loyal to the club, done fantastic things, and all respect to him. You know, he he wanted to go down south and. and uh, and challenge himself, and that's totally acceptable. And we can't forget how li- loyal he was to the club. Um, it's also al- always unfortunate that one of our own leaves the club, of course, where everyone hopes that he will stay in the club and, you know, turn into a legend. Um, but all respect to him, and I, I'm so happy that he's actually done so well down in Arsenal. I've got a few Arsenal uh, friends and... Uh, well, they're telling me every single game how brilliant he is, and uh, yeah. So there's no other no other player I would pick for the left left uh, left back. Absolutely. I I I, uh, I have a friend that would strongly disagree on that one. <laughs> he, <laughs> he would say that there's only one guy, and that would be Gamel. So uh, yeah, but I don't know, and and it's hard for me to judge. I also like Tierney, but uh, I mean. There, there's these legends in the club, so yeah. that's why yeah. it's so so hard to to actually develop an eleven this way. But uh, sure is, you could almost just default to the Lisbon Lions, but we'll we'll try and mix it between some modern greats as well. And um, yeah. what about right mid? The right mid for the next position. So Anders, would you? Uh, well, I said Gemmel. Uh, we changed yours to mine. 
No, right. uh, no, no, no. I was just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah. Who should I put on that one? Because I asked a friend of mine that actually have seen Lisbon Lions play. Uh, an old friend of mine. Um, he he put out the team for me, <laughs> but but it's hard for me to say. Uh, so he said Lennox. Uh, who can I put? I don't really know. So I will say uh, I will trust him. Uh, it's a boring Probably answer, Lennox. but I put Lennox. Yeah. That's, that's not a boring answer. That's very valid. Well, right. it's not my yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, all, that's all good. Well, um, <laughs> Didn't uh, Nakamura play right wing? Well, well, yeah, well, Nakamura, yeah. Did he not yeah. play more midfield? What was his? What was his position? Let's just do a quick Google and see what he was more likely to play. Um, an attacking midfielder was what he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes on to the next one, um, which maybe maybe we'll just do that. So we've got two centre mids that we have to play with, right? So I had a few here. But I definitely agree that Nakamura has to be in that midfield for me. So I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll put Nakamura in there. But you could, they might have good midfielders, so it's had over the years. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. um, you could have, yeah, you would, you would want five, six midfielders you could. But yeah, I can't, I can't have um, Nakamura not in this team. No. So where would you place him in a, in a four-line midfielder? Yeah, do you know, I'd probably, I'd probably try and play like a 4-4-2 in a bit of a diamond in the middle. Yeah, maybe yeah. Like that. yeah. And have Nakamura up there. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So Nakamura, so we've got one more centre mid, and we've got a left mid as well. So what were we saying? Who is it? <laughs> anyone, anyone who's got a cent one centre mid and one left mid. Who's it Our left mid is Johnson, Jinky Johnson. Oh, so, easy. Yeah. yeah. Obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the absolute greatest players to ever walk into Sony Park. Um, and what about one more centre mid? Well, I would go for Scott Brown. Of course. It has to be. Done it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I can't resist. You know, now when he left the club, yeah, we have to honour him. So Absolutely. I would place him in, in that in that 11 actually yeah see this is what we were saying about um i don't know if we said this on the pod or off pod, pod but we we're talking about um the potential celtic museum that's going to go in with the hotel and all of that stuff as well um i see that those type brown is maybe not a player that will have a statue outside of Celtic park but see if we ever get that museum going he's going to have his own wall isn't he? he's going to have his own section surely yeah. it's such a big part of our history so yeah absolutely yeah. there we go all right so but but I also would like to add as a contender there that Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, who are we dropping between Nakamura and Brown? Dalglish. Oh. <laughs> or are we leaving it as it is? I I would. We could have, have a Wenyama in there. We could have. Um, Petrov. Petrov, perhaps. Yeah, like Petrov. Yeah. yeah. So many no, goods. Yeah, it's really hard. All right. Well, um, well, we've got one more position to fill. Well, two, but I filled one of them. So we've got two forwards, two strikers. So I'm going to say for myself, Moussa Dembele has to be one of the strikers in our pen. I, I think he's just one of our greatest strikers, especially in the modern era. 
we have, that leaves you two, the two Swedish people, <laughs> <laughs> to fill in one more. Again, I wonder who you guys are going to choose here. This is going to be a tough one, so that's why I did it. Yeah. Shall we say Chris Sutton? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's an obvious choice, right, Anders? Yeah. You... Yeah, yeah. That, that right. one, that's a player I've actually have seen <laughs> among my <laughs> answers. So. <laughs> Absolutely. The King of Kings, Henrik Larsson. Henrik Larsson, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. All right. Well, uh, the only real position, I guess, um, I've just thought about now, is who manages the King of well, <laughs> what do you think, Anders? Yeah, but is that also, I mean, is that even a question? I mean, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this, it, it became very boring, uh, very little discussion on this one when I, it has to be uh, Jock Steen. No, um, it just has to be Steen. Yeah. Any other answer would just be ludicrous. Wouldn't it? Well, there we go. So that's our team, right? So we've got, uh, in a 4-4-2, we've got Boric in goal. We've got McNamara in right back. McNeil, at centre-back with Van Dyke. Tierney's our left-back. We've got Lennox as right mid. Nakamura and Brown in the middle. Jinky Johnson on the left. And Debele and Larson up front. That's a Champions League winning team. Let's yeah. be honest. I was, I was meaning to ask, how would that team perform nowadays? Oh, Christ. <laughs> It's winning some sort of European competition, right? <laughs> but but then we uh, who, who's on the bench then? Because I think that for right uh, right defender for me, the obvious choice would be McGrain. He he was for me growing up. He was Celtic. I mean, uh, that's the only pictures Scotland and Celtic. Uh, and I mean, it seems if it glued on the 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 shirt on him and uh, yep. just a loyal servant. And uh, and then. We haven't mentioned McStay, and we have yeah. a Tommy Burns. So, yeah. <laughs> and yes. and also not not to forget uh, Neil Lennon. Now everyone talks bad about him, but yeah. actually he's he's the type of player everyone hated to have in the opposition. Mm. Um, a, t- a player that gave his all. Now it's just too bad he went to Manchester. I think his legacy would have been something completely different. Mm. He. Uh, if he hadn't done that, but uh, I think he's, he's almost destroying his own uh, folklore, isn't he? Uh, yeah. and, and I've been saying this to the to the guys in our group chat. As everything that comes out of his mouth at the moment uh, is, I, I just wish he'd shut the fuck up. To be honest, it's, yeah. it's always so critical at Celtic and talking mm. about stuff that he no longer has control over, and he just wants to dig himself up. And it's a shame because he was he was absolutely one of your favourites when you were growing up. Um, mm. And then, if, if anything, Brown emulated his whole um, character and ethos after learning. That was, you know, shaving the head and the midfield general and all that stuff. And we had one of the best sort of captains in the modern era. And I don't know. I, 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 I wish him all the best and stuff, but um, it didn't work out. I wish he would just stop talking about Celtic. I think it's very, very sad to see how it's developed for him, and uh, I wish him all the best of all my heart. And uh, let's try to remember him as a player and not for. Exactly, and we will eventually. One day, all all of this noise going on just now will fizzle, fizzle away, and we'll just remember the great circuit player. 
and, and, and actually the great something manager that he was as well. It just didn't work out the second time. No, no. Well, it must be a big, big, big burden to, to carry, you know, leaving the club in such a historical moment and and honestly fail uh, to yeah. succeed or to, to achieve 10 in a row. And it must be really, really difficult for him now to, to cope with what's happened. So oh, I just think it's very unfortunate that he can't keep away from it. He, he's still very active and he, you know, he's, yeah. I don't really know what to say, but it's very unfortunate that he he can't keep out of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but but also, I mean, let's face it, we've all been <laughs> been on a good night out, and then uh, the next morning wake up and just have a lot of regrets. But yeah. imagine, <laughs> imagine the regrets that weighs on his shoulders. I mean, yeah. how how do you ever come back from something like that? I mean, uh, yeah. seriously, I mean, I. I mean, it's a lifelong session of therapy, uh, pretty much. Uh, I just think it's really, really sad. And uh, perhaps it's in hindsight, everything is easy. He should not never have been appointed uh, to begin with, probably. But also, he should have seen, uh, been self-critical and maybe stepped off. Yeah. But there's also a lot of things that we don't know, probably. So. Uh, yes. It's well, hard, easy to judge uh, without all the facts, but it's sad at least. Uh, I hope he will recover, especially for his family's sake and uh, yeah, also yeah, for his man, own. The manager can only uh, train and um, call the tactics of the players that are in front of him. So as much as Lennon has to share some of the blame, it's not all of He doesn't have all of the blame. A lot no. of the blame still lies in the court. A lot of the blame still lies with uh, law rule. A lot of the blame still lied with the players that didn't want to be there anymore and just spat the dummy. It was, it was just a toxic environment. And he did what he, he could, and it didn't work. He should have walked away earlier, but he wanted to do everything he could to win the pen, so he wanted to push. Yeah. But yes, we, we move on. We move on. We're in the and era now. So, well, that kind of wraps up, everything up. Um, yeah, so just... Um, Thanks for coming on and talking to us, guys. Um, do you have any shout-outs before I do all the social media plugs and all that stuff? Uh, I have a few. Oh, it's like it's like the Oscars. <laughs> you start with God and then you just move from there. <laughs> no, no, uh, just a shout-out uh, to, I don't know, they probably not don't hear in this, but I uh, want to thank uh, you, Almost for for inviting us to this. It's Very been welcome. great fun chatting with you, and I uh, yeah now that we're connected, that um, I hope that we will be able to help someone else to uh, to do what we did. And I also want to uh, send out some shout outs to friends of mine uh, in the Celtic community, Rob, uh, that introduced me and brought me in in Dublin, and I and also everyone here in Gothenburg uh, for for the CSC that turns it into what it is now and all the fantastic job that they're doing. Uh, also a friend of mine in Glasgow, Ryan, that uh, helps me with tickets when they're sold out. Uh, uh, Pat, uh, the Dawes cousins, and then also Sarah, and also uh, Franny at Bar 67. Uh, he's always been a great, great uh, 
we correspond and he sent me a lot of gifts, old uh, fan scenes and things. And uh, it's all great stuff. It's always there for a chat. So, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone. This is a fantastic club and I'm happy to be a part of it. Great stuff. Do you want to make that? No, it's brilliant, and this was a great Oscar speech. <laughs> no, I would also like to thank you, John, uh, for letting us on our, on the podcast. It was really fun to, to, to speak with you. And uh, I can shout out to uh, our local Gothenburg Celtic Supporters Club, of course, Robert and Sebastian and Jessica and everyone uh, in that in that community. And uh, yeah, that's or even my my, my dad maybe and uh, Robert. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. And uh, thank you, John, for letting us. Uh, yeah, don't be surprised now that you get another thousand new <laughs> new so uh, people that subscribe to the podcast <laughs> in Sweden. <laughs> always welcome. Always, yeah, you're very welcome, both of you guys, to um, yeah, just share us about the stuff and invite whoever you want. And again, yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, it was a very good chat. Um, thanks to everybody else who's listening um, thanks for your support um, and if you could please subscribe uh, on uh, Spotify or any of your streaming services and we have all of our regular social media stuff um, so I'll read it out we've got Instagram at Celtic Down and that's the same handle with our Twitter page and um, we are on Facebook uh, at Celtic Down Under um, yeah, and if you want to uh, jump on and have a chat with either myself or Jared part of your Pintop series um, send us a message on any of that or you know, email address and all that regular stuff um, but yeah that's everything hell hell guys Sports Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.